0: Welcome back to another episode of Spectator Mode. I'm Neil Striebig. With me, as always, is Donald Double D, Crane. Yeah, still not getting away from it. <laughs> no, no, no. He's here to stay, my man. But, uh, no, keep it a little short and sweet like we did last week. Not as short, but definitely just as sweet, right? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Gonna have a little bit of a blizzard news. Not gonna go too in the weeds with that. Kind of a quick nod on some updates there. We got some news, quite a bit of movies. Honestly, the whole lineup's movies and TV. really. Yeah, it okay. really
1: is this time. It just uh, seems to be that way. It really wasn't on, on purpose, but, you know, just kind of talk about what's way. going, huh?
0: But uh, some news on the Mad Max, the new movie coming out in that franchise. The War of Love and Thunder, of course, and the trailer to talk about this week. Some news on the anime front, Hunter x Hunter. And then talk about some more. No one tasty. says the X. No one says I say the x. x. Oh, no wow wow so i'm just an anime narc i guess (laughs) so
1: much judgment yeah (laughs) wow Wow!
0: well how do you how do you call it's just hunter 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 just hunter hunter yeah you don't say the you don't why would you put the x there if you're not going to say it
1: i don't know i assume it's like a a, uh, something to do with the kind of like the way that it's uh translated or whatever but you you don't I've never heard anyone. Genetically, I can't
0: unsee that and can't unsay that. I see the X. Hunter X
1: Hunter. So. Why, why so. don't you say Hunter by Hunter? Like a, a two by four. Hunter by Hunter. That just sounds ridiculous, though. <laughs> Hunter squared. <laughs> like. But
0: talk a bit about Hunter X Hunter or Hunter Hunter, whichever one you prefer. And then uh, some more PlayStation news. A couple of new TV shows in the works on PlayStation Front as well. But, uh, but no. Get it started.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one is actually going to be pretty quick for the most part. We've talked a lot about Activision Blizzard, uh, their acquisition, their troubles as a company, and some of their maybe like internal issues that I think we've talked about, kind of in the sense of like what that means for the industry at large and how they kind of represent as a major player. They represent a lot of the issues in the gaming industry. Uh, but very recently Raven Studios or Raven Software which is a subsidiary of Activision Blizzard has successfully formed a union it's a big deal to see unionization going on in the gaming industry it's probably long overdue so I think it's important that in the interest of this being still ultimately a new show you know we do put our spin on it and give our takes and everything else but like I don't want to be too too biased let's give a nod where it's due give credit where it's due and you know the union has been formed, and I think it's a good thing for the industry as a whole.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely a step in the right direction. So kind of keeping it short just because I think we've we've kind of set our piece quite a bit on the Activision Blizzard front. So it's kind of a step in the right direction. So I think we just kind of want to at least acknowledge that and uh, keep it rolling.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so people are kind of following along with this stuff because all this stuff, I think, is what is some parts of the behind the scenes of... What leads to the games you get, the quality of those games, testing, the work environment, because a lot of people are interested in getting into gaming. And I don't know that this side of things is talked about as much because a lot of times we're just looking at the finished product on the other end of it. So, yeah, like you said, we don't need to go too much into it, but let's give the nod, you know, put that information out there for anybody else who wants to look into it even further and kind of see what the terms are that they're negotiating pay rates and stuff like that. And um, again, if we're looking at Activision as sort of a market indicator, maybe, or like a litmus test of what the gaming industry is going through right now. This would be, I think, a positive move overall.
0: Um, no, for sure.
1: But just for flowing sure. right along, Thor Love and Thunder has dropped their next trailer. Uh their big trailer here. You know, we've got some more of the training sequences and stuff, and I think the scene that has most people talking is when Thor gets his clothes ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I thought you were going to say with uh, Gore the God
0: we finally see Christian Bale's uh, first look as the villain in the film. Oh, so, uh, that's what my mind was. At true. Least, yeah. I mean, I guess everybody's in, uh, you know, Hemsworth butt shot.
1: <laughs> y- yeah, I guess priorities. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I so I guess Gore is what caught your eye in this whole thing. Not that I was caught by Hemsworth butt, but <laughs> so <laughs> but what yeah, was I your mean, take? I don't know. Like.
0: I guess it wasn't a take from the trailer. Had a side conversation uh, with a buddy about the runtime of Thor, and apparently it's right about ninety minutes. It's like ninety-seven, a little bit under hundred. That has me more concerned than anything I saw in the trailer. The trailer looks like a fun ride. Pretty much everything you kind of talked about before. Uh, I mean, I trust Christian Bale to kill it, especially as a villain. And especially brings some sympathy towards. I'm not too familiar with Gore's character. I know he's called the God Butcher. I know his family was basically murdered. If any has a vendetta against the gods kind of thing, uh, he gets some sort of weapon that makes him immortal and whatnot. But Thor wasn't always a comic I closely followed. So I'm not gonna sit there and bullshit like I know more about Gore than, than the initial litmus test kind of thing. But I hope he makes it more sympathetic with that villain because there's a lot to pull away. So I'm excited to see what comes out of that. But still, with Thor's journey, and Jade Foster's stuff, I am curious, can they get all done in 90 minutes? I don't know.
1: Yeah, because I really think there's a lot of world building that I'm expecting from this, right? Because it's touching on some of the themes, I think, that were presented in Moon Knight, actually, with you know, the gods. We know, obviously, from Thor's story, the Norse gods, at least, are actual beings. They're not just like these... You know imagined things in in the human consciousness, so to speak. They are actual beings that have come to Earth and interacted with Earthlings and yada yada. Moon Knight then carried that a step further, saying, hey, it's not just the Norse gods, the Egyptian gods as well are actual beings that have had a presence on Earth and interacted with Earth. So at this point, I guess we're thinking, you know, and canonically this is true. Like all the gods in Marvel are beings. They're not just like imagined things. The Greek pantheon and everything else. And so I think we're going to see a lot of that here. I wonder if this is going to tie into Moon Knight, bringing any of that in. And um, I will say, I think another talking point for a lot of fans is Gore's look is very, very different from the comics. He's he's very much like human in appearance, not so different. You know, Where in the comics, he looked a mo- lot more like once um, his face with the psychic powers, he ran around with Thanos all the time. They looked very, very similar. Yeah, Um, it kind of has that flat face, just like two
0: nostrils for breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, the argument is basically like, would they be
1: not visually distinct enough? Is that why they changed Gore's appearance so much? Or is there some other reason? I don't know. But I think it's a legitimate criticism when I think they've done such a really good job, frankly, in most of their other entries of staying kind of like true to the source material in terms of the visual styles and paying homage to the costumes and stuff like that. So I think a marked departure like that deserves some kind of comment and notice for sure. No, that, That's fair. That's fair. I guess for me, again,
0: not being too familiar with him in the comics, but.
1: Overall, I'm looking forward to it. I agree. 90 minutes seems like it's a little too little, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind a quick jaunt given the way these things have turned into some kind of marathon a lot of times. So, sure, sure, sure. Overall. I think it's 97 total or 100, 100, 97, 110 right in that ballpark. Yeah, I mean, I, mean you know, like I, I can look forward to that, honestly. Like That works for me. Um but moving on to other news and I think this is something again maybe underappreciated in games except for some people if you know game music you know or like movie music as well like you pay attention to it you notice it some people really do some people definitely do not pay attention and uh this is actually one of those things that's more topical because of the <laughs> Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial there's a whole conversation about the chemistry between Amber Heard and uh what's his face of Jason Momoa who played Aquaman and how they manufactured on it on the editing floor, the way they use music to make that chemistry seem like it's there. You play these love ballads. And the news for today is that Mad Max Fury Road composer, Tom Holkenborg is coming back for George Miller's Furiosa. And if you don't know, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, I think it was one of the earlier, really well done adaption adaptations of like, a game right to the music itself was phenomenal. Like the movie won tons of awards but the music on its own won like three or four awards for like best original score, best soundtrack. Um, it wasn't a game. It was a movie franchise, first. movie franchise. Then it became a game. My mistake. There you go. And I've made this mistake before. I should, I should really be on this, but yeah, they won like four. I want to say three or four awards just for the music. They had more nominations besides that. So I think it's a, you know, it's great to hear that he's coming back and, uh, to be part of the next installment here
0: no that's good i mean in furiosa's storyline uh for those unfamiliar in fury road 2015's release with uh tom hardy it's uh charlie character and uh it's basically a prequel to kind of how she came up the ranks and everything else but with the mad max movies especially one like fury road and i think the modern adaptations Music fits a lot of the tone because it's supposed to be an apocalyptic world. You kind of have a lot of just kind of grunts and somber kind of facial acting. So the music kind of sets a lot Fury Road, especially because it's, it's a chase movie. So that's all it's a chase, the whole thing. You have basically an action sequence in the beginning of how the chase starts, the chase in the middle and then, you know, the end. So like music has to be a massive part of that. Uh, not quite sure where all the plot lights are for Furiosa, but again, to create, I think, human emotion and depth and empathy in a post-traumatic world where everything is just complete shit, music plays a massive role in that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree because like at the end of the day, um, I used to live with a film major in university and he told me, and I have no idea how true this is, that basically you can do one of two things in the movie. You can either develop story and do a dramatic movie, or you can do an action movie. If you try to do both in the same movie, it typically falls flat because mixing the two elements doesn't work very well. You know, the Mad Max franchise being an action movie doesn't have a lot of time for those dramatic moments and storytelling, what you're talking about. So a lot of that tone and a lot of that feeling and emotion is going to come through the sound work they do, the music that's playing. So I think it's a big deal having a good composer. Kind
0: of a cult cult classic too, with, uh, Mel Gibson back in the day, one of his first roles. I mean, the original had a lot more. I think a good music. I'd have to really go back. It's been a while to talk about the score in depth. But I think what always struck me with that was the uh, natural sound and ambient sound and like chains smacking down and boots <laughs> in the sand. Like it, it, you felt you felt the tense tenseness of survival in those movies.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I think but, speaking so, of survival, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Hunter X Hunter. I'm just gonna keep saying the fish off. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it really is at this point too. I'm getting no, any grumpy. other
0: you know anime snobs out there, please all Snubs. me far in the comments there. But uh, I mean
1: one of us is I, wrong. N- I'm just saying that just, this is I, not like I, a just, we can both be right kind of thing.
0: My boy, Hayes, you know him and I. He got me into the show. He says Hunter X Hunter as well, so I'm right or die with that
1: one. I mean, I mean I'll come out and just say cannot, that like uh, on the record. Hayes is a dumbass. Then you know I'm, I'm no, well, making that. True, I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> making that assumption based on this it one fact. That, though, as well,
0: but no. <laughs> hunter 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 x hunter whichever one you prefer (laughs) phenomenal anime definitely i think up there as far as you know s tier or animes to kind of introduce people into kind of the genre with as well or kind of staples if you will but either way the creator all right the creator (laughs) yoshihiro togashi
1: He's gonna edit this to make it look time. like he had it perfect the first it, time, just so we know. So, you know,
0: he's <laughs> killing me on the Hunter X Hunter Hunter stuff, and he's just like uh, I'm missing a hero in there too. So <laughs> I need a hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, all right, back to the actual topic though. <laughs> Hunter X Hunter, great anime. The creator Dogashi basically came out, finally created Twitter and showcased basically a new manga set and shared that he's gonna write the last four chapters. So it finally has a conclusion, kind of a big cliffhanger, an anime that size, that bigger following. It's big news regardless, even if you've gotten out of it. I think it's going to reignite the fan base even more than uh, the cult following everybody has.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those animes that, like, one, it was huge for a while, right? Like, it got it... I mean, obviously, we're talking manga here, but the manga was huge. It had an anime adaptation, and then that got dropped because the the you know, manga wasn't far enough along. It got picked up and remade into a new anime and it still had fans and everything else. And it's just one of those things. I think a lot of people are like terrified. Essentially, this is going to go the way of Berserk where the author Berserk ended up passing before he brought the series to a complete conclusion, which is like, it's just tough, man. Cause there's a lot of, you know, really strong fans of the series really into it who have been waiting for this patiently for a long time. But at the same time, you know, I understand that some of these things can't be rushed, but uh, it's great to hear that he's planning to come back, at least bring it to a close. I don't know if it's going to be a quick close or you know what I mean, like, I, I think the question kind of is, is like, is he really going to put in the effort to bring this to the close? It deserves or is he going to phone it in to put in an ending so that there is an ending?
0: I mean I, I think he, he'll do the right thing with the weight like this, but again, who's to kind of say? I'm curious to see to put the anime back up, because I'll be on the last season of the anime with the uh the army ants or what do they call them, the killer ants. Yeah. It, it got way too DBZ for me. The the fight scenes and what I kind of enjoyed about the anime, I put me out of touch. It was like I don't need you to explain every single move before you do it. Like just do the fight scenes already. Like every episode is basically just them explaining how they're going to take these next five steps in the next two seconds. It's just like, come on guys. Like just fight, just come on. So I felt that dragged on, dragged on, but to see a bit older kind of Kilua and gone and
1: see where they're at. Yeah. I'm all in for that. For sure. Um, and then speaking of shows, I guess. Yeah. Keep them
0: with it. PlayStation definitely dipping into the TV show Money Train, but the big news here is Horizon Forbidden West, well, Horizon Zero Dawn, I should say, the original. I'm not sure how much of the new one uh, Forbidden West they'll dip into, but Horizon Zero Dawn is going to get a TV show that's been green light for Netflix adaptation. Basie joins quite a few uh, PlayStation games that now have shows, all through different streaming platforms too. Last of Us will be uh, on HBO Max, uh, with what's-his-name, uh, Pascal, who does The Mandalorian as well. And then God of War will be on Amazon. A Gran Turismo show is in the works as well. And I might be missing one other one in that mix, though,
1: as well. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is oh, yes, going yes. somewhere. Um, Uncharted, yeah. we obviously got the Uncharted movie already. So, yeah, PlayStation
0: really just dipping into the uh, different mediums in live action do you think this amount of shows is a good thing? And two, do you think all these titles are the right choices for shows?
1: Um, yes. To the first question, no to the second, on the one hand, I do think it's good. That they're shopping around and putting out a bunch of different shows. Cause I don't think these necessarily compete with each other. You know what I mean? Like I think there's gamers who appreciate these games, obviously, and there will be some overlap in that sense, but at the same time, I don't think they scratch the same itch story-wise. And when you're talking about games to movies, you know what I mean? Like, The way a game plays, the RPG elements versus shooter elements and stuff like that, like, is a big part, I think, in terms of how they find their niche. So I don't think they're really competing with each other in terms of the releases, but it does give Sony the opportunity to find a good studio going forward to maybe develop more of these titles. You know what I mean? The fact that they're not doing exclusivity and not committing to one right now, I think is putting them in a very good position for the longevity of this type of thing to find like, hey, who do we trust to really handle these IPs as we transition them into... Uh, new media. That's great. But the second question, did they make the right choices with all of it? I have my doubts. I mean, Uncharted, the movie was rough as far as I was concerned when I watched it. Um, and I definitely think like some of these games don't, I don't know what they're thinking with the adaptation horizon being the perfect example, right? Like horizon does have a pretty good story all around, but like the side quests and like other kind of like things were very one-offy to the main storyline. You know what I mean? You meet the characters, you interact with them once, you go fetch the quest, whatever, come back, they're gone, they're done. And for me, that's one of those things that like, I think it raises a concern essentially in terms of, are you similarly just going to drop all of that other world building when you go for the show? Or how much are you going to stick to the game narrative? And we even talked about the reverse of this where God of War is a very cinematic experience. We had this conversation in a previous episode as well of like, are you just going to retell the exact story that we've already got just, you know, like live action adaptation or whatever? So how do these exactly translate? I don't know. Um, yeah. So I've got some concerns there at least. What are what are your thoughts though? What are the no, pros and cons I'm of the with approach? You. Uh, I'm with you and to your
0: point though as far as shopping around, 100% with you. I think my concern is again like these are some pretty big titles and yes like it's the PlayStation exclusive so I get that. But again, if you're trying to find a studio that's going to be the right fit, don't use your heavy hitters first kind of thing. You know, Figure out then who you want to go with and who's doing what you feel is the best use of the source material. With Horizon, I'm with you. Like, are they just going to look at the Nora tribe and the culture there and then branch out into the world after like season one? I don't know. I personally would like to see you know, the prologue, how humanity got to that point. Not even have Nor introduced until maybe you know second season, uh, end of the first, end of the second season kind of thing. Because uh, I think that's more of the drama is at least for me, I and mean, that's what made me enjoy the lore of that game more. So was the downfall of humanity and how they couldn't get it right I and mean, then failed multiple times, and there was still you know narcissism at foot that basically you know still plagued them. And then I think that sets up so much more how that kind of continues their robotic basically host. In this rebuilding of the world and then how they see robots as, you know, deities and creatures and whatnot and what and all these different cultures form around that kind of thing. But again, I'm not a show writer, showrunner. so we'll see.
1: Yeah, it'll be very interesting. I mean, I think the one that I'm most curious about is how they're going to adapt Gran Turismo, because if you want to talk about like a lack of story, does yeah. Gran Turismo even have a story? It's a straight racing game, right?
0: Yeah. So it's like, we going to just follow a racer up the circuit and which circuit you're going to pick. It's yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm i am not really sure where they're going to go with it. I think grid does a good job as far as creating a narrative within a racing game. But uh, again, that's built around the grid league and the grid series and kind of you're joining into racing in grid and the drivers that are part of it and the racing teams that they've, but again, it's, as I'm saying, it's like, what's the pool there? It's fun to play. Is it fun to watch? No.
1: Yeah, I'm very curious how they're going to adapt that. The more we're talking about it, I think that might be the most concerning on the list for me. Because at the same time, like I don't know, that there's like a story to draw from in the first place for inspiration. There's not like really a world setting per se to that. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, never
0: mind. No. Oh, we're completely wrong, dude. Grand Turismo. It's all about family, man. Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh,
1: <there> you, go. <laughs> you know what? I thought you really had me there. I was just like, wait, really? Am I just like completely confused on this game? I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be because um, it really doesn't have much of a story going. It's not set in a, you know, Horizons world, I think, is interesting. Cause like you said, you can go back in time to the fall of humanity. You can look at the post-apocalyptic scenario. You know, it's a nice world to play in, so to speak, that it's well-developed enough. that There's some clear themes and and uh, characters and stuff to explore a lot, different cultures that are set up in there. You have a lot of options besides just Aloy's story, right? Gran Turismo, yeah. it's cars. It's a racing simulator. You know, like Netflix already has that, right? We've we've got Drive to Survive, so. But again, that's actual drivers of it. It's that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to for the, like, the simulator thing of like, like this weekend's
0: Monaco, I'm gonna watch Monaco Grand Prix because again, like I'm invested in the drivers and all that, and I like Drivers Five to get the additional layer of drama after a season I've watched. To like, oh, go, shit, like <laughs> so we saw that. But again, it's live. It's it's tangible. Like a driving show. Like it's not Night Rider. You know what I mean, <laughs> like it's not Kit and uh, <laughs>
1: Michael Knight and uh,
0: dude, man. Oh my gosh, David um, Hasselhoff. Yes, thank you. Don't Hasselhoff. Yeah, I know. It's a shame on me for that one. Complete uh, brain fart. But you know, that's a show designed around a car kind of thing. But it's a whole different scale I don't know. So I, I don't see where they're going to go. With Gran Turismo. It's, it's not. That's why I say Grid. In the last Grid game, they created they basically put live actors into the story around the same cast of characters through all the series of games. So you basically had Raven West. who's like the villains, if you will, on the best racing team. So then they put faces with actual actors to those characters that are always in the games. So it added a bit of a tangible thing, which is cool. But again, like I wouldn't watch a TV show about the grid. And I was, I imagine what grand tourism was going to try to do. Fun in the game because it adds a different layer to the immersion of playing the game, but I'm not going to sit there and watch a 30 minute TV show. You know what I mean,
1: yeah. And
0: same thing with Horizon. Though I'm not going to wa- rewatch the game I played. As my same concern with God of War as well. Like, I don't. I've already experienced that. I want something new. And there's other elements in these worlds that you can pull from. A racing game just doesn't have doesn't have the depth there. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah.
1: You know, and like I'm not opposed to what I'll call the Marvel treatment at this point. You know what I mean? Like the characters and the stories they're telling are clearly drawn from and inspired by the comics They make their own changes. And I'm sure that's divisive for some people who just really want the OG storylines told the way they imagine them on the big screen. They just want to see the comic come to life, you know, literally at the same time, I think they're doing the right thing, recognizing that it's a different medium. I think you do need to make some compromises. I think you do need to make some changes to take advantage of the new medium and play to strengths, and i think that by telling a slightly different story for some people you keep things fresh basically to draw them in and and let them enjoy that in a newer different way so i agree with you i'm hoping they're not going to be too on the rails with any of these franchises because we're talking about some big ones here that you know horizon relatively new i think but gran turismo has been here for a long time god of war has been here for a long time Um, i'm seeing stuff too about like twisted metal coming to peacock and stuff like that You know, Fallout games, like all kinds of stuff, looks like they're trying to transition it over into television, movie, media, and, you know, give it the Marvel treatment, basically. Like, you have great worlds, you have great storylines and world building there that you can set it in, but you don't need to just do the same thing again. You can make it fresh, make it new. And personally, that's how I prefer it goes. But I don't know. I Mm -hmm. think that's going to probably bring it to a close for us today, unless you got anything to add. No, I mean, drop us a line in the comments what y'all
0: think about the PlayStation shows, any particular franchises too you'd like to see you know, made into a TV show. Uh, Mass Effect is in PlayStation, but that is going to be on Amazon. That was announced. We talked about that on the show. Ooh. But I think there's a lot of titles that would translate well. So I'm kind of curious what y'all think and any of the news too. Do y'all have any hot takes? By all means, let us know.
1: And, you know, if anyone wants to throw in a poll, maybe we can talk about this for if you say Hunter X, I think I really, I really, you got me going, man. And you kept, you kept with it the whole time. You really did. I don't know if I'm going to be able to let this go. I'm going to have to, you know, do some searching after this and find out if a poll already exists or something. If people say that damn X or not. Um, but me with my existential fears and, and crisis as I try to figure out how to pronounce the series that I love and you with your smugness over there, just laughing, I think that'll bring us a little bit smugness. I think
0: it's more cavalier of, you know, we're talking about the same thing. You know, I'm not, I'm never going to be a grammar Nazi. As Uh, a writer, I've never been a grammar Nazi. You have an idea and a thought and you just, you just get it out there. That's the important thing. Can people connect to the actual idea and the (laughs) thought? The
1: structure isn't as important. The the, the, the episode where we learned that I'm apparently a Nazi is what I've <laughs> <laughs> That's where this went, huh? Wow, wow. That's where you get it I ridiculous. guess so. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. And so on that very disappointing note, wow. I think wow. that'll call it for us on this episode of Spectator Mode. Thanks for coming.